Welcome to American Players Theater Talk Backs to Go. I'm Buzz Kemper, and I invite you to take a walk to the Touchstone Theater with Orange Schroeder and me as Orange talks with actors Melissa Pereira and Jimmy DeVita and director Tim O'Sell about APT's 2017 production of A View from the Bridge by Arthur Miller. We're here to discuss A View from the Bridge by Arthur Miller, and I'm fortunate to have with me both uh, the director, Tim O'Sell, and two of the um, actors who are in the play, Melissa Pereira, who's playing Catherine, and Jimmy DeVita, who is playing Eddie. And uh, I, I want to start by mentioning that, Jimmy, this comes a little bit from your background. Um, this play is set in New York. The uh, character you're playing is an Italian-American. Does it resonate with you for that reason? I mean, well, certainly the location and the people. I mean, the story, no, but I, I know where they are. My grandmother, after, we, my family's from Brooklyn, and we moved out to Long Island in the 60s. So I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn, right where this play is set. We're about six blocks from Red Hook. I lived on Duffield Street and Flatbush Avenue. So uh, it has a nostalgic feel to me of my father's generation and my uncles. And um, they weren't dock workers, uh, but they were, you know, laborers. And uh, so. Yeah, it's interesting to go back and hear some of the actually the language and some of the the isms that um, uh, was in my father's speech. And so my grandmother came over from Italy, and she 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 had, actually my grandfather bought a tenement building, he had a three story tenement building. He said, "Put your money in the land." He said, "Buy buy land if you could." So yeah, it has a, it's a it's um it has as I said more of a nostalgic feel just of my uh, my his but none of the story of course is close to my family, but. And Melissa, you can relate perhaps as a more recent immigrant to the idea of, of people coming over from Italy to America as the, the American dream. Um, what, what do you think it has to say to us about the immigrant experience? You know, um, one of the really neat things about um, the casting of this particular production is that, you know, I, I yes, I am an immigrant, and I, I of course, will speak into that, but um, that in this production I get to have the privilege of citizenship and I get to look at these two white men and say, you know, oh, look, why is your hair darker? I, I get to actually comment on somebody else's appearance from an insider's perspective. And that I, I've never had the opportunity to do that before in any play because it's usually me who's the outsider actually speaking into these issues about immigration or about being otherized. And um, it's incredibly empowering to even for pretend uh, to to realize what a privilege it actually is to be a citizen uh, of this country and um, what good you can do with it um, and how you can help other people. Um, and I was definitely impacted by people's goodness in my, um, you know, uh, narrative of immigration. Um, and their goodness helped me be in this country. So... Um, I guess my, as I think about immigration and what's going on in the world right now, um, it would be nice if we could reach out instead of, you know, close um, that privilege to those people that really need it. Oh, that's a very powerful statement. Thank you. Um, Tim, the, the play's been called a Greek tragedy, but set in the 1950s uh, time era and in Brooklyn. What um, did Miller do to use the, the Greek um, tradition and uh, how will, will your production reflect that? Well, it's interesting that the structure of the play itself kind of reflects Greek tragedy, and the original uh, form of the play was a one-act. So it was in rep with, not rep, but it was on a bill with Memory of Two Mondays, which is another Arthur Miller 
one act about working class people. And a lot of it was in verse. And the set in that version of the play is described as kind of this tenement thing, but it has Greek columns, so architecturally there were Greek things in it. And I think the use of the Alfieri lawyer character as Greek chorus and as introductor, intru- introducer of the action and edi- an editorializer on the action as we go through the play, the way a Greek chorus does is part of that structural thing that aligns it to Greek tragedy. Um, I I also want to say that, to me, Greek tragedy is defined by right versus right. And so it's hard to find um, a definite villain. It's hard to find a definite right and wrong. And that's what the play asks us to figure out is what is, where do we come down in terms of Eddie Carboni's story and what he does? And, and it, like Antigone, like Oedipus, like all of those Greek tragedies, what does it tell us about ourselves? And as we view the play and as we come down on one side or the other or we have our own opinion about it, what does that tell us about ourselves? And I think Greek, the Greek plays, particularly the tragedies, were supposed to tell us an individual about what our place is within a community. So community is an important aspect. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Arthur Miller talks about that in his introductions to both the one-act version and the revised version, that that he says when he heard the story, he was astonished at the lengths an individual will go to achieve what they want to achieve, and that, that when the individual puts aside community that that is the sin against civilization, against the community. And most of Arthur Miller's protagonists do that. They go outside of the bounds of civilization. Now you say when he heard the story, is it based on a true story? It is. It is. And I actually don't know much about that because he didn't say much about the, the actual. He doesn't, at least I haven't read anything. I saw some interviews with him like on uh, YouTube and he never mentions the details of it. He just right. said he heard the, you know, the beginning, he just heard this story somewhere and it wouldn't, mm-hmm. would not leave him. He kept on thinking about this. Right. So. Right. I mean, the, the, the story of, of the vendetta uh, all of that feels ancient uh, Italian. It also feels kind of in a way, mafioso Italian. It's Sicilian. It's the Godfather. It's it's Cavalleria Rusticana. It's operatic, and of course, there actually is an opera version of this play, and and uh, and there's an opera version of the Crucible too. For some reason, Miller adapts well to the operatic. Part of it is because it's plot driven. There's a lot of it's it. There's some plot in it, but also there's such huge emotions internally. What these people suppress and what they don't say is as important as what they do say. Yeah, and from the inside, I was just talking to Colleen Madden, um, who's playing B. Um, from the inside, we were we're just starting to now be on our feet and work as we work on the play. That these people f- feel lived in. That saying these words, it just feels like. They've just been living for a while, uh, and it's different than tackling a Shakespeare play or or even even the Greeks, because you the the contemporary nature of this language uh, allows you, I think, to deal with uh, an incredible internal life while having a very limited amount of um, words to to put that emotion into, which I think is a fun um, internal-external conflict, but that it, it makes you feel like, oh, wow, this is just 
the, what they say is only the tip of the iceberg, you know, as they say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I read somewhere, some, I think it was Miller, maybe it was somebody else, but that these characters have all the depth of emotion of any great Shakespearean character, but they lack the vocabulary to express themselves. So they struggle to express when Eddie's saying, you know, let me just bring out my thoughts, what I mean. You know, they, they don't have that facility. It doesn't mean they lack any of the, the feelings or the emotions or the tragedy or the beauty. Mm-hmm. They just don't have words. Mm-hmm. And isn't, that. isn't that us? Yeah. Like now, <laughs> yeah. I mean, how, yeah, how much more real does that get? Yeah. And, and like in a lot of Greek tragedies, this plays about the law. What does the law mean? The written law as opposed to natural law. And, and actually, I think I know I'm personally kind of struggling to figure out what that means in terms of the play, because it's a little opaque. And, and we, we actually are discovering that ambiguity could be our friend as long as the ambiguity is clear as a bell. <laughs> <laughs> and, and so we're striving for that, but I think that's a good thing in that right versus right argument. And Tim, we were talking about uh, the concept of the Greek tragedy, and I was fascinated by the dual meaning of the, the title of the play. Do you want to speak to that? Uh, I, so... Um, yes, so there's A View from the Bridge, which is the Brooklyn Bridge. And, and we actually had a huge discussion about this because at first I was like, well, why the heck is this play called A View from the Bridge? What does that mean? Does it mean we're far away from it and we're, we're looking at it from a distance? Which Alfieri does kind of because he looks at it from the, it's already happened and he's looking back at it. So he can contain it in a smaller Way and then the second part that you said was that it's a bridge that 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 gulfs cultures and frankly I'd never heard that so <laughs> but but I thought it was an interesting thought um, and is that what the play means I'm not I'm not so sure um, it also they talk about going to Manhattan a lot and the idea that Manhattan itself is a different that's kind a different of, city. like I say different I, I say it I said maybe you get a job in New York. Right. See, I'm from Long Island. New York City is a whole different world, and we didn't go there unless you, you go there to visit relatives, but there was always a thing, too. That's where the wealthy people lived. Right, that's right. So we lived on the island on the south side, so it would be a big thing, and you talk about it like New York. Kind of like Moscow and Three Sisters. Mm-hmm. Right, yes. It's off yes. in the distance. So culturally, actually, if you think of Red Hook as being a, Red Hook as being a different culture, from Manhattan, then there's also that bridge that one has to cross over. And Rodolfo keeps saying he wants to go there and he wants to take um, Catherine with him. And it's interesting, Eddie doesn't want to. Eddie and B, they're not, they want to, they're going to stay here. They've built a life and a home and a, and a, and a, a trueness and authenticity here in this neighborhood. And I think that's where they want to live and die. Yeah, and if, I don't know if Al Ferry works in Brooklyn or New York, but but if you're going across the bridge, you look out your window. There's you see Red right. Hook down to the left, right and, there. And at that time, yeah. it was more slums. Yeah, remember in Bedford Stuyvesant and all that. Yeah. You know, when I grew up, like you didn't you didn't go walk around the streets. Right. Uh, around. It's there. still tough. Is it still? Yeah. Oh yeah. 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 But uh, well, this play does have a fair amount of violence and and sex in it, and it talks a lot about the traditional roles of masculinity and the role of women. Um, is that difficult to stage at APT? I mean, what decisions do you have to make about that? Uh, I, don't, I mean, we're just on our feet, and we have a fight director and all that, so is it difficult to stage? Are we pulling any punches? <laughs> Literally. No. <laughs> no, I don't think we need to. I, this company is brave to me, and it feels like we, we want to go there. 
with with the violence, with the with the attacks that happen in the play, the assaults that happen in the play, and um, I, I think we need to do it. I. I I mean, I can't, I can't go after this, but what I want the, the theater to feel like is explosive, that, that the stage is too small to contain the amount of feeling and the stuff that happens there. And when that violence happens, those people in the front row or in, the, in all of those rows, because nobody's that far away, is, I want them to feel like they're in the room with it. And if you've ever been in the room with domestic violence, it's scary. It's really, really, really scary. And do you want to talk a little bit about the role of women in the play, Melissa? Yeah, you know, actually, one of the discussions that we were having in rehearsal was about, you know, uh, what is rape culture? Um, you know, how, how, do we, how do we navigate that? All the, the rules that Catherine is expected to follow throughout the play and told you, can't, you can do this, you can't do that, you know, behave in this way or else you will attract this kind of people. Um, whereas, you know, Eddie and other people like him, um, they get to make up their own rules, whereas I have to follow other people's. And uh, that's not that different now. So uh, <laughs> there are things that we still, I think, you know, need to, that I think the play reflects on uh, when it comes to, you know, the women's movement and uh, equality as well. Um, but also, you know, um, Victim blaming is one of the things that I've been thinking about a lot lately, that uh, as I read the play, I am wondering if, you know, what did I, what did I do wrong? Should, should I, I shouldn't have worn that skirt. I shouldn't have hugged him like that. I should have loved him less. I should have. And these are very real things that women experience, women that have been um, victims of abuse, uh, that they experience, that they actually think it's their fault, that they might have done something wrong. Um, and that is a narrative that I am really interesting in flipping and investigating, whatever that means. Mm -hmm. You know, it's too early, um, but whatever that means, yeah. Thank you all very much. I think that this is going to give us a view uh, from the APT stage that will be fascinating. Terrific. Thank, Thank you. you. Talkbacks to Go is a production of Orange Tree Imports and Audio for the Arts. Our theme music is Err by Steve Tibbetts, and it appears here by permission of the artist, courtesy of ECM Records. Please find us on iTunes and YouTube under APT Talkbacks to Go. With Orange Schroeder, I'm Buzz Kemper. Thank you for listening.